0: invite you to turn in your bibles this morning uh, to the book of first corinthians chapter 10 or if you have a um, electronic device that you read your scriptures in i encourage you to do so as well but we're going to be reading from first corinthians chapter 10 this morning you already know the subject matter Um, there aren't enough m&ms to hand out to everyone Um, so we will trust that with the with the kids 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 14. I'm going to read those for us, and then we'll get started. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the angels has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation is overtaking you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. Let's pray. Lord, this morning I just asked in the few minutes that we have together that you would help us to be honest with ourselves and with you. Lord, we're all in a spiritual battle that we were not made to fight in on our own. Help us to see this battle for what it is, to be willing to face it in your power and strength. And Father, give us the freedom and the energy to be victorious. Give us courage to live the life of righteousness that you called us to. And we will give you the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to leave the scripture on the screen for a minute. Have you ever heard the phrase, God will never give you more than you're able to bear? I, I have a pet peeve with that phrase this morning. And I think that many times that quote comes from this verse when it says, God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but he's talking about temptation and only temptation. In a post called, God will give you more than you can handle. Let me read that again. The title of it was, God will give you more than you can handle. Author Mitch Chase writes these words. Christians can make the strangest claims in comforting those who are suffering or having a difficult time. What do you say to someone whose life is falling apart? If you have a few precious minutes with a person who's lost a job or a home or a spouse or a child or a sense of purpose, just really struggling with life circumstances, what comfort do Christians usually give? We might, the author says, turn to conventional wisdom instead of scripture and end up saying something like, don't worry, this wouldn't happen in your life if God didn't think you could bear it. The sufferer may object, head shaking and hands up, But you insist, look, seriously, the Bible promises God will never give you more than you can handle. That's a conventional wisdom in the world and in the church, masquerading as biblical truth. You've promised them what the Bible never does. And so I want us to think about this, this phrase, extended, this truth that I believe is probably more accurate than we even want to admit. God will give you more than you can handle but he will never give you more than he can handle. You see, there's a difference between what you and I can do on our own and a difference in what you and I can do with God. And we have to realize that there's a difference between what we battle on our own strength and what we face in God's strength. And so again, God will probably give you more than you can handle, but he will never give you more than he can handle with you on his side. Are we with each other? Are we in the same place this morning? And so there are some things the Bible says about temptation that that I just want to share this morning with this understanding that this is not a battle that we were meant to face on our own. There are temptations out there and in there that are too much for you to handle, but they're not too much for God to handle with you. So there's three things I want to share with you this morning the Bible says about temptation. The first of it you'll see on the screen, and it's just this really simple idea of to be serious about temptation. To be serious about temptation. And before I get uh, too excited about this, we need to make sure we understand the difference between temptation and sin. Because sin is wrong, Right? Sin is sin, and sin is is disobedience against the known law of God, and we willfully choose to disobey, and there's nowhere in the Bible that excuses that or gives us the freedom to just decide to do all that on our own without any kind of consequences. But is there a difference between sin and temptation? You better believe there is. Even the kids knew that there's a difference between sin and temptation. Temptation is the devil placing within us Remember, the devil, because James says, God cannot be tempted, neither tempts he any man. The devil places a desire in us, normally for something that God has created us for us to enjoy. It may be food, it may be a vacation, it may be relaxation, it may be sex, it may be any kind of thing that God has created as a normal part of our human life and experience. But the devil comes to us and tries to get us involved in it at the wrong time, in the wrong way, with the wrong person, so temptation is to go after a natural desire in an unnatural, ungodly way. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter warns us about the, the seriousness of this idea of the temptations that we face. And he says it this way He says, be on guard, be alert. Be sober. Be willing to look this in the eye for what it is because the devil is roaming about the whole earth seeking whom he may devour. Satan's only job, his only desire is to destroy you and me. That sounds pretty serious to me, but I don't know too many Christians who take this idea very seriously. Oh yeah, he's out there. He's going after somebody else right now. I'm all good. That passage in 1 Corinthians says, you think you're standing firm? Better be careful. Be careful. Because everyone's tempted in every way. So the devil's going about seeking whom he may devour. Does this mean that he's going about looking at, you know, who's going to make the best steak dinner tonight? He doesn't want to physically devour you. He wants to spiritually devour you. He wants to spiritually destroy you. And it's important for us as we think about this idea of temptation to get serious about it. It's not a joke. It's not something that we only think about in the dark room of our prayer closet. This is something that the church needs to come to grips with. Be willing to face and to look in the eye and realize that this is a battle that all of us face. The pastor and the music leader and the organist and the ushers and the people counting the money and the people who sit in their pews. Every one of us here today faces this issue day in and day out. From the moment you wake up until the time you go to bed at night and sometimes it's even going through your subconscious mind as you dream. It is a part of our life as believers And it's not really something that we talk about a whole lot. And I wonder why that is. But the Bible is pretty serious about it. The Bible looks it right in the eye and Peter says, you better be careful. You think everything's going good and you think you're standing firm, watch out. Because the devil's only desire is to destroy. you." That sounds pretty serious to me that we have an enemy who doesn't sleep, who never rests, It will never stop until you and I have walked away from God completely. It's a serious thing. And you know, I don't know how many times the devil comes to us with that great, horrible sin. You know what? You know, you need to go out, that person makes you angry, and shoot them dead. Now it happens in our world today, but for those in the church, that's usually not the devil works. He's like, you know what? They deserve you to be angry at them. In fact, the more that you can let them know that you're angry with them, the, you know, the better off it's going to be in the end. You have a right to be mad. And you have a right to keep being mad. And we have that temptation to continue to give in to the anger that is inside of us and it can fester and it can destroy us from the inside out. Or we can say, you know what? I'm in a battle here with my mind and my heart and I have to be willing to let go of those things in order to follow God with all of my heart. Often the devil comes to us with little moral compromises as the way to get us broken down. And he breaks down our senses and breaks down our sensitivities and then he leads us astray with those small and significant, we think, decisions that we make. We need to be willing to acknowledge that this spiritual battle that we are in is serious business. Paul said in his writings Put on the whole armor of God in order that you can what? Survive, basically, that you can be victorious. And many times we just go about our life trying to get through the day, trying to survive another moment, and then we wonder why we struggle so significantly with some of these areas in our life. And so one translation of the beginning of that verse in First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 is, be sober minded. It means be willing to see this as it is. Admit that there's a problem here. Admit that we have a struggle that we are all thrown into. And then, of course, look to God for the help that he offers us in our own life. Jesus was sent to give us the keys to eternal life, to a life of holiness and to a life of grace. Satan's only desire is to rip all of that away from us. And temptation is the tool that he uses to do it. And it needs to be something that we pray about and something that we talk about and something that we're willing to realize is there, not just that we fight and that we struggle and we're trying to survive our spiritual journey and we're trying to grow, is a conversation that we have with each other, within the church and with God, that we face these struggles and these temptations in our life. And this is the way God is trying, or this is the way the devil is trying to get me to run from God. When was the last time you got up and shared with someone, maybe on a Sunday morning or a Bible study or a small group, and you just felt led or maybe the group leader said, all right, everyone is going to share a temptation they've had this week. And I don't just mean to buy an extra pack of gum at the grocery store. (laughs) I've really struggled with bitterness this week. I'm tempted to just hold on to this person's harm against me. When was the last time you said to someone, I just go to bed at night and and it's all I can do not to go to the computer and type in something that I shouldn't? When was the last time that you came and told someone in the church that I'm really battling this issue in my life and would you pray for me? And I think for many in the church today, we're missing that kind of relationship where we're able to share this deep, serious, real struggle that all of us are going through. Either we're fighting it or we're losing it. One of the two. And if we're losing it, we need someone on our team. And if we're fighting it, we need someone on our side. Because it's a serious thing that you and I face in our own life. The devil's only desire is to destroy you. And what are you doing to keep safe, to keep alive, to keep vibrant in your spiritual journey? One of the things the Bible says about temptation is that we're to resist it. James chapter four verse seven tells us to resist the enemy. I uh, read this week about a pastor who preached a sermon on temptation, and 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 well, this guy would always come up to him after many of his sermons, and he's like, "Oh no, not him again." Uh, so he comes up and he says, "Pastor, you know, man, that fighting temptation—that is hard stuff. And and man, I've I've been a Christian, and I know how hard it is." So. You know, I have a lot easier way to go about this than trying to live up to your sermon and all the ideas that you had and that God has. You know what I do? I just give in. <laughs> it is the easiest thing to do. When I'm tempted to eat more than I should, I go for it. I head back to the buffet line another time. When I'm tempted to look at but I shouldn't, it's a whole lot easier just to look at her until she walks away than it is to not. And his answer to temptation was not to fight it, just to give in. And I think that it would be hard for us to feel close to God if we continually go in directions that he encourages us not to. There's this kind of fight that James talks about. And James, we're going to start a sermon on James, or a series on the book of James in a couple weeks, and, and, and I'm going to ruin it all right now. But James is the most practical book in the whole Bible. He just says it the way it is. It just fits life it is so down to earth. It is so pungent. It is so real for us. There's so much in that book. And he just simply says, what are you to do about temptation? Your job as a Christian is not to give in to it, but it is to fight against it. It is to fight against it. And the passage that we read in 1 Corinthians reminds us that it's not about us fighting it on our own, but it is with God's help. For he said in that passage, God is faithful because all these temptations, we all face them. Even Jesus faced them. He will never let you tempted, be tempted beyond that which you will able to bear. Do you know that there's no temptation that you can't escape? That's true. God may give you more than you can handle on your own. There may be a temptation that's so strong for you that without God's help, you're never going to get away from it. But the whole implication here is that you have God's help, right? That the Holy Spirit is your guide, he's your comforter, he's your counselor. He's the one who's with you every hour of the day and it is by his strength that you are freed. But sometimes it's a whole lot easier to be like that guy who came up with the message. Right now, it's a whole lot easier just not to fight it, just to give in just to listen to that song I shouldn't listen to, just to look at that thing I shouldn't go, just to go to that place, just to drink that thing I shouldn't drink, just to smoke that thing I shouldn't smoke. Whatever it is in our life that is, is pulling us away and is drawing us away from God, it's a whole lot easier just to give in than it is to resist. Remember, years and years ago now, over 20 years ago, My grandpa took me to California, and we went, um, among other things, wild hog hunting. And one of the things that we found as we were going around, that coyotes were everywhere. And this guy, one of the rancher's main businesses was his sheep. He had hundreds and hundreds of sheep. And those coyotes, you know, they don't have a lot of natural predators. Um, Probably two-legged ones with guns are about the only real ones they have. And uh, they were just decimating their sheep. And so just a couple years before I got there, they had got llamas to come and help and if you know anything about llamas they're pretty much afraid of nothing and so i had come around the, on the four wheeler come around this mountain in this long slow sloping pasture and just sheep is just everywhere had to have been hundreds of them and one llama guarding all of the sheep and and i just sat there and watched didn't have really anything else to do at the moment and and that llama was just listening and 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 smelling for any kind of danger and all of a sudden she just froze and her eyes and her ears were in this place, and it wasn't very long until a coyote came out. You know, those only thing a coyote does is go about, what, seeking what it can devour, right? Its only job is to devour those sheep. It's the only thing that it thinks about. And that llama didn't run from that. That llama wasn't afraid. Its only job was to face that coyote and its neck almost to the ground. It gets its, at least this llama. They don't know if they all do. But that thing put its long neck maybe eight inches above the ground, and it just took after that coyote. And I'd never seen the coyote run so fast in its whole life. And if a llama was coming after me like that, I'd probably run too. But that llama faced that danger in the eye, faced it head on, Knew that the only way for those sheep to be safe was to look it in the eye, see that danger for what it is, and deal with it. I remember having a conversation with my cousin back when I was in college and kind of struggling with his spiritual life. And he says, you know, right now I, I'm just having a hard time with life and really struggling with temptation. And so I just, I just get as close to it as I can. You and I know what, whatever that place is that the devil goes to try to get us, whether it's our anger or um, our thought life or relationship. we just. So my cousin said, what I'm doing right now is I'm just getting as close to the line as I can because it feels good. There's that urge and there's excitement. And the nervous energy that comes as you get closer and closer to indulging in whatever it is that you shouldn't. I get as close to that as I can because... Either two things are going to happen anyways. I'm either going to walk away and find a way out or I'm going to give in. so I may as well be as close to the enemy as I can until that moment. And I don't think that's what resisting temptation means. That llama is just going about his daily life doing his job. But when danger comes on the scene, he looks it in the eye and calls it what it is. And then I hope in our spiritual journey we can see some of those areas in our life where the devil is trying to tear us down. If you're here this morning and and were to sit down with me and I would ask you, so, brother, sister, Joe, or whatever your name is, what what are two of the greatest temptations that you're facing in your life? I hope that every single one of us would be able to name one or two. doesn't mean that you're a bad person, that you know them. In fact, that's probably one of the greatest things you can have is the insight to know where your greatest struggles lie, where you're most in danger and where you need the most grace and you need the most help. But woe to the one who would come and sit with me and say, I don't have a clue what's going on. I don't have a clue where I struggle. It's going to be really hard to help someone who isn't aware of the danger that's even in their own life. But we need to be able to look at head-on in God's strength. And face it. And I'll remember that llama till the day I die. Saw that coyote and put his head to the ground. Look it right in the eye and says, I'm coming for you. When was the last time you said to the enemy, I'm coming for you? The rest of that verse is resist the devil. And what does he do? He will flee from you. In the Lord's strength, look it in the eye. See it for what it is and resist it with all the strength that God can give you. There's another thing the Bible says, and it's a little bit different than this resistance. It's the eye of running away. I like the last one we talked about better because it sounds a lot cooler. But there are times in our life when we just need to run. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 says, flee the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. The Bible always offers, always offers us a balance in our spiritual journey. There are, we need to see this for what it is. We need to see the danger that we're in. We need to be willing to face it head on, but we also need to be willing to admit that there are some situations that are just too much for us. Or there are some places we just probably ought not better go. there 's a place that you shouldn 't drive by, then you shouldn 't drive by if there 's not something that you should buy at the store, probably don 't even go down the aisle there 's a time in life when you just need to run away. I can remember I was in high school, and I had a couple girls i don 't know if i 've ever shared this before I know Rebecca 's heard it. Um, they were kind of troubled girls, and they came after me after after the bus dropped us all off, and we were walking home and they started to grab me and See all kinds of nasty things, and, and I just said, I'm out of here. And I ran, I don't know, a mile and a quarter home, and I never even looked back. I was out of there. and It was the only thing that I knew to do. I knew I'd never be able to argue with them. There was things that were going on that were way too difficult for me to handle, and my first reaction was to run. And there's nothing wrong with that. That was the strength of the Lord to run away. And there are times in our life where we need to flee the temptations that are around us. Don't go there. Or if you're there, it's time to get out before you can't get out in our life. It's not it to be nice for us to admit this morning that there are times in our life where we're more susceptible to temptation than others. Like if you're really hungry, There's going to be temptations that come to you that you may not have any other way. When you're tired, you're going to be less able to overcome temptation than if you were well-rested and feeling stronger. When you're stressed, the devil says, let's find happiness a different way than figuring all this out. And he says, let's go a different direction in our life. The devil knows the moments that were most susceptible, and he waits until those. You know, he doesn't... You know, think of a wolf pack going after a herd of of elk. Do they go after the big bull with the six-by-six rack who's just, you know, the scariest thing on four feet in that forest? What do they look for? They look for the sick, right? They look for the lame. They look for the ones who are down and down on their luck. And in a season of their life when they just don't have the natural strength that they normally would, And they go and they take those animals first. And the devil knows that when we're down and we're down on our luck and he'll go after us most, oftentimes in those moments as we try to journey through this walk with God. So the Bible says that we need to be serious about this issue of temptation. Call it what it is. Learn the things that we're susceptible to fall away from the grace of God in. be able to look those things in the eye and resist them. Or if we need to, to run away. So there's just real quickly three short things that I think if we can remember to be alert, to be serious, to be able to fight this, or to be able to run, three other short little phrases that we can have to help us remember to find God in the middle of all these things. And the first one of them is to look out, to look out because the devil is after us. Look out as you go from this place today. Look out as you go to your family. Look out as you go back to the computer. Look out as you go to the grocery store. The devil's only job is to tear you down to look out. Another thing that we need to do, it says in this passage, is to look up. Because God does not design us to face this battle and to fight this battle on our own. We were never created to overcome temptation in our own strength but only by the power of the Holy Spirit within us. And so Paul said in that verse in 1 Corinthians 10, God is faithful, and every time you're tempted, he will provide a way to escape. It's up to God to provide the way. It's up to us to have the eyes and the ears and the heart willing to see it. So we need to look around. We need to look out to look up, and we need to look around. This idea that, Going to provide a way every time means that every time we're tempted, there's a way to victory. Amen? Every time we face this battle in our life, there is a way out. There is a way to overcome. There is a way to find freedom. It may be in the Scriptures. It may be that we learn our areas where we're most tempted, and we memorize Bible verses that help us in that moment. Yes, Lord, I'm going to flee temptation. I'm going to avoid this place. I'm going to give in to love and not into hate. Whatever the verses are that apply to the needs and the battles that you're facing, look to the Word. Look to the Lord. Look to the Holy Spirit to be there and to be close to you. And Father, give me the strength to overcome in this moment what I can never face on my own. And then look around to the brothers and sisters around you. We are the church of the living God. And we are called to be here for each other. And if you're battling this and you're fighting this struggle on your own, that should never be in the church. That should never be. We should never feel alone. We should never be alone in this struggle. What did we sing as little children? We are in the Lord's what? Army. Not island by ourselves. We are in the Lord's army. We are here for each other. And if you're battling this alone, then grab someone and help them come along with you. Tell them that you have a need. Have the courage to say, I need a partner in this and be willing to face that battle together. I'm going to close with an illustration. I almost did this with the kids, but I didn't know if the little kids, it would scare them. You see on the picture an alligator snapping turtle. Have you ever seen an alligator snapping turtle? How many of you have ever heard of an alligator snapping turtle? A couple of you. Okay, just a few. All right, so it's harder to see in this picture. That is the ugliest turtle I've ever seen. I just have to say that. That is the ugliest turtle. I would never have that thing as a pet in my home. But the alligator snapping turtle, here's a better picture. You can kind of see it here. There's a little pink thing on the end of his beak. It's kind of like a worm. And what he does is he goes down to the bottom of whatever pond of water he's in, and that little pink thing wiggles in his mouth. And he stays perfectly still except for that little thing that wiggles. And what are you, those of you fish, what's your favorite bait for fish? A worm. All right? So he uses what is natural desire for that fish. It's perfectly normal for a fish to want a worm. In the open mouth of a snapping turtle, probably not the safest place. But this amazing creature, made by God, has found a unique way to capture the prey it was created to capture. Remain perfectly still so you would never know that he was there. That little fish is just swimming around doing what that little fish always does, and all of a sudden, oh, there's a worm. Perfectly natural desire to have that worm. He swims over there and maybe feels like something's not quite white. It's just focused on that little worm. and gets closer and closer, and that turtle's thinking, I'm almost got him. Don't move. I'm almost got him. And he goes to take that little bite, and bam, he's got his prey. You know, as I thought about this message and the fight that we're in and the seriousness of the battle and this resisting the Bible talks about and we need to resist, we need to look in the eye, or we need to run, or we need to grab a partner, the problem is that so many times we're like that little fish. We're just swimming about our Christian life, doing our Christian thing, and we see that woman over there, or we see that thing on the shelf, or we struggle with this relationship with this attitude, and it's just natural for us to just go there. And before we know it, bam, the devil's got us right where he wants us. And we didn't even see it coming. Now, that is the ugliest creature I've ever seen. It was made to capture its prey. There's no greater enemy than the devil in our life, and his only desire is to capture you and I in his grasp. And if we don't see this for what it is, then we just swim around, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, bam. And he's got us. Let's see the danger that we're in. Not live in fear. Live in the acknowledgement that we're in a battle together. And join hands and join arms and join hearts. Because God has not called us to fight this battle alone. We are his army to go through this together. And don't be alone in this battle that we face. Be willing to look it in the eye and see it for what it is. Be willing to face those struggles in your life head on. Or run if you need to. But realize that God is faithful and Every way, every time he has a way, we may not even see it coming, but if we 're sensitive to the Lord, He has a way let 's all stand and we 'll close in prayer. We can leave this up until we 're done praying, Lord. I thank you this morning, scripture. I thank you for the reminder in the beginning of this passage, Israel struggled and and scores of them were wiped from the earth. And thank you that you're O more gracious God, but it was a reminder to us that it's life and death, spiritual life and death at least, and then our eternities to follow. Serious business fighting these temptations in our life. And Lord, a temptation's not a sin. There's nothing we can do for the most part about the temptations come our way unless we keep going back. This is where we're most tempted, and then we have a problem. But normally we just go about our life and they come on us whether we know it or not, whether we see it or not. And so, Lord, first of all, I pray that we would be spiritually alert to what's lurking, searching, roaming the earth. Our enemy is out there trying to destroy us in a way that we would never even see him coming. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears and hearts that will be sensitive to you and to your way. Father, I pray for the courage and the, and the strength and the passion to live for you and to be in victory, even in this sinful world that we live in. It doesn't say only in the New Testament times will God provide a way. Every time, every way, every moment, God has a way out. And so, Lord, I pray that it would be our desire not to swim towards the worm, but to look for the way of escape, look for you, and for your people that would lead us out. Thank you, Lord, that the Bible talks to us about some real stuff. Thank you, Lord, that the Bible says it the way it is. And help us, Lord, to see it the way it is and to live life the way that you've called us to live. And I pray, Lord, that we would live in your strength and that because of your, in each time, we would find the way of escape and we would live in the fullness of your spirit. And we will give you the praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. May you go this morning.